This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay. We are um, on Parshas Re'ei, Sefer Devorim, uh, just before uh, Rosh Chodesh Elul, very auspicious time. Um, there's a lot of mitzvahs in this parsha, a whole lot of mitzvahs in the mitzvahs, and obviously we have to filter out, you know, focus in on one or two of them. Um, so we have time for. Um, and I chose to uh, deal here with the mitzvahs of Shechita, that we have a mitzvah to uh, slaughter animals according to the way the Torah prescribes that we have to do it, um, which is explained in greater depth in the uh, rabbinic codes, but we have laws like um, the idea that you can't use a knife that has any uh, pegam, that has any, any kind of nicks uh, in it, and uh, it has to be done in a certain way, very smoothly, and w- one of the biggest um, considerations there, the reason that's given why we have all of those laws is for the purposes of Tsar um, Balachaim. In other words, because we have Rahmanis, we have compassion on these animals and we don't want them to suffer any more pain than absolutely necessary, we try to do it in the, in the very um, the most compassionate way possible. Um, this has become a, you know, quite a big issue in modern times. I, I you know, I think that it was has a history of, of being an issue, something that the uh, non-Jewish community and even presently the secular community has always um, uh, found ways of criticizing Jews for the way they they slaughter animals, and they always think that they have a better way of doing it, and uh, it's led to court cases, and some countries have actually banned Shrita altogether unfortunately, um, and it's usually because of a misunderstanding of what Shrita is about and how it works, and usually when it's brought to court, I mean, many many cases where it's brought to court there, the rabbis are able to to show that it really is uh, far and away the, the most uh, compassionate way to, to Shrita, and uh, the, the Muslims hold from uh, Jewish Shrita also, as far as I know, they, they have their own... Uh, Methods for for, for uh, slaughtering animals, but they do eat the uh, kosher shkita as well. In most cases, as far as I know, um, there's also a mitzvah coming right after that of shloi lechol eber minachai. We're not allowed to eat um, the limb of an ing- of, of a, the limb of a living animal. It's just like to tear a limb off of an animal and to eat it raw or whatever or with the blood or you know this, this, because that's considered to be the most uh, cruel form of, uh, of treatment of animals actually tear a living tear a, a limb off of a living animal 
Um, but there still remains the, and I was calling them, there's the questions of vegetarianism, whether we should add, eat animals at all, and isn't that cruelty, you know, in a, in a general sense of being cruel to animals. So um, this basic question comes up is that if we are commanded to be kind to animals and to minimize their pain and... Uh, uh, in general, so who needs to eat animals? I mean, why is this even a question? And, and what about Corbonus? You know, that, the fact that the the sacrifices in the in the in the temple in Jerusalem uh, were based on animal sacrifices. So uh, that also involves you know shechting and killing animals. So the whole question is, you know, again, why is killing animals? Uh, necessary and why is it allowed at all and how does that how is that consistent with a compassionate God who indeed is uh, is, is compassionate to all his creatures so it's, it, it almost seems from that perspective that the whole question of looking at how compassionate the act of, of shechting is um, compared to whether we could just you know do without it altogether and not even worry about shechting anything um, I always kind of wondered about, you know, if every living thing has feelings in some in some sense. I mean, there have even been experience there have been experiments uh, in modern times of um, the feelings of plants and how they also have feelings. So that when you cut a plant, you know, it it also experiences on its own level some some level of pain. So if that's the case, then even being vegetarian would be questionable in terms of if you consider pain, that, that kind of pain to be uh, something to be avoided. Uh, you're, you're left with just uh, eating inanimate objects. But in any case, um, going to this whole question a, a bit deeper of how what 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 is the idea of a compassionate God, and is that a contradiction to the eating of meat altogether, let alone the laws specifically and how to shecht it? So um, I'll, I'll bring here uh, a selection from the Sefer Sha'ari Oira, which is uh, one of the earlier uh, Kabbalists for him. From um, he was, I think, after the uh, expulsion from Spain, somewhere around that. Uh, 16th century, um, where he talks about this issue, and he says that um, if it says, and he brings this this exact kasha, this question, you know, he says, if it says, is good to to everything, and his compassion is on all his creations, so how could he um, uh, command us to? To kill an animal at all, and and have it, and, and that a person should be able to eat it. Um, okay, so what we're going to show basically is how this really is in the best interest of the animal itself, and how it's it's actually coming out of the it's good for the animal, and it's 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 compassion on the animal if you look at it from you know from a, 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 a larger perspective, a more and a deeper perspective. Uh, which, from a Jewish point of view, includes looking at uh, creation as being more than just the physical world. I mean, obviously, there would be no in idea of a religion at all, you know, to take Hashem into consideration if it wasn't for the fact that there is a spiritual reality that we can't see and that we have to be taught by the Torah, you know, what that is exactly and how it works. So, one of the big, most basic uh, things that we're taught. 
uh, about the, the structure of the world is that there are four levels. This is doimim tzomeach medaber. That's the, the inanimate objects like, you know, salt and, and water and things like that, kind of, you know, in terms of things that are edible, minerals. And then you have tzomeach, um, which, is, which is vegetation. And then you have chai, which is animals, animal life. And then you've got medaber, which is human beings who can talk. Okay, so that's um, that's the hierarchy existing in creation as a whole. So it's he's, he brings here that, and again, it's not to be taken literally, but it's obviously you know conceptually that at, when the world was created, so Hashem stood in front of him the animal kingdom, and he said um, he he asked them actually. Um, do you would you prefer if you if you had a choice about it would you prefer to be slaughtered and um, eaten by man and then you will be able to be elevated from the, your you know in your in your source in your source you will be able to be elevated from the level of an animal which doesn't which which doesn't have das it doesn't have you know any any kind of a uh, human level intelligence um, and from there you'll be elevated to the level of mankind who has the capability of uh, understanding and some some kind of not understanding but some kind some kind of uh, level of awareness of of Hashem of God now that doesn't mean that animals have no awareness of God but you know obviously it's not the same thing. As a human level, and and, and and that's you know many 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 uh, orders of magnitude above the level of uh, the understanding of of, of a behemoth. So anyway, he says that the, that the animals responded that yes, that sounds very good, and that's that's certainly very merciful for us because that gives us the potential and the opportunity to be uh, raised up to the level of of, uh, of a human through this transformation that takes place by being. Uh, slaughtered in, in a kosher way and being uh, eaten by a human being, because that that part of the of the animal becomes uh, unified with the uh, life of the life force of the of, of the human being, and the shechita itself, it's the sla- the process of slaughtering it becomes an act of, of mercy, not an act of cruelty. Because again, that that elevates the the level of the behemoth to a higher level altogether, and then it you know because the man is actually on an even higher level than the angels, so this all of a sudden gives the animal the opportunity to to experience that kind of elevation, um, and that's the uh, explains that with the, the pasuk of Odom behemoth to Shia Hashem that Hashem saves the man and animal, so. By again unifying the the life force of the animal with the life force of the man through its being eaten by the man, then it's it's uh, experiencing that type of elevation. Um, he also says in that regard that this is the reason why an amhaoris, somebody who doesn't know Torah, doesn't doesn't uh, act according to Torah, should not eat the uh, the flesh of an animal because since he himself is acting like a behemoth. He's, he's, he, he has not uh, taken advantage of the Torah to elevate himself to the level of what a, what a man is supposed to be and the consciousness of Hashem, you know, to serve him. 
then and he's not oisik b'toyer. He's not he's not acting according to Torah. So therefore, uh, he's not able to accomplish that. Uh, elevation of the animal because he himself is not much better than an animal. So, um, whereas if, if he is acting according to Torah, then he he is experiencing that kind of uh, elevation. Um, okay, so that is one way of looking at it. Now, there's another thing that we see in the, the Sefer from Rad Baz. I bring a lot from him in terms of the uh, understanding of the mitzvahs, and he talks here about uh, a, a kind of a controversial issue according to the Mikabolim about uh, when we talk about the issue of reincarnation. And reincarnation is known among Mikabolim in general to be an uh, extremely important uh, principle um, of how a person reaches his ultimate uh, purification, his ultimate potential, uh, and, and a, a way of... Uh, of, of uh, atoning for his uh, misdeeds, um, in that if what happens if a person doesn't do tshuva completely or doesn't do all the mitzvahs he was intended to do and doesn't reach his full potential during the course of his lifetime, so now you got a problem. Where what's 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 going to be after that? Um, and especially if he, for whatever reason, there is the concept of that Gehenna, you know, is is there to purify the person and to you know, take care of that, that atonement. But there are situations where even that is not either enough or maybe it's too much or whatever, for whatever reason, that, that's not appropriate. So then there's this concept that the neshama, the soul, is put back into this world. In, uh, it is hosted by something else. And you know, usually that's another person. It gets gets reborn into a new, into a new person, and then has to go through life again to uh, correct those things that it missed out uh, on the first time. It could be even that it missed out on certain mitzvahs that it had to do. And we talk about sometimes the death of children, Loyalani is uh, or, or a person dies young because they didn't have that much to accomplish in terms of making up for uh, things that they you know lacked from the previous incarnation. So now they are um, they're doing uh, doing it over, so to speak, but they don't have that much to correct, so they don't have to be here for that long. Uh, in fact, being here too long would just be in, uh, giving an opportunity to do a virus and, and be put back again. So the question is, is there such a thing as being also reincarnated in an animal? And uh, this apparently is uh, is is a uh, rather controversial topic. Uh, some say that, that they are, and some say that they aren't. But in either case, um, so if we talk about the idea that, that uh, the, simply the elevation from an animal to the status of a human is already a big, uh, in for, for itself, even without reincarnation, is already a big advantage for the animal. But if you bring into the, the aspect that it could be that this animal could be hosting a, a human soul, and by shutting the animal you are now redeeming that and having it eaten by a human, then you're re- that's the act of redeeming that soul. Otherwise, it's just going to get eaten by another animal or it's just going to die you know, in the field or it's, it's, uh, it's not going to... The, that soul is going to have nowhere to go. It's not going to accomplish any, any uh, elevation. So because it, um, it has this opportunity to come back, uh, even as a behemoth, for whatever reason, that, that, that specifically had to be in that, in that way... Now, 
it's by being, again, shechted properly and being eaten by a, another Jew, particularly if you can make a bracha on the, on the food, um, then um, it, it's able to reach its, uh, its proper uh, uh, atonement or you know, elevation or whatever through, through that kind of a transformation. So it comes out that um, there is a situation, oh, so he says that even for people who say that Jewish souls are not reincarnated in animals, uh, it may be the case for Tzadikim uh, Masa'olam, non-Jews who uh, reach the level of a Tzadikim Masa'olam, those are people that are a right, righteous Gentile, basically, um, would have to go through that. So they might be the ones that are um, reincarnated as animals. Um, I mean, there's even an idea of being reincarnated in Sameach, in, in, in vegetation. And um, the uh, Shem Tov, I think, has a, has a muscle about that. That, uh, you know, all the things that... that a, a if a, a person would be reincarnated in a stalk of wheat, and that wheat would have to go through all these different uh, trials and tribulations to be eventually baked into a piece of bread, let's say, and then uh, in in the hopes of that somebody will make a bracha on it and eat it, and then it would it would be elevated, and then after all that, somebody forgot to make the bracha or something, and and it wasn't elevated, and that's uh, that's to go back and start from scratch again. But in any case, this is the um, this is some of the these are some of the issues involved in this whole uh, this whole question. He also brings um, an interesting point. This David Rad Baz he brings an interesting point about um, the fact that shechita is different according to different types of animals. Um, we have with the with the behema, uh, you have to to Shecht both the uh, the windpipe and the uh, esophagus, the two two um, uh, I don't call them two simonim they call them. So you have to to cut both of them. When it comes to uh, oifus, it's uh, birds like like chickens. You only cut one of them. You only required required to cut one. And for something like fish. Uh, there's no shechita at all. You just take them out of the water and they die, just not from not being in the water. So they have, don't have to be shechted at all. So they ask, you know, what's the, why, what accounts for the difference between these different forms of shechita? He says because of the chayis that is in the animal itself. And there's, there's a, a, a greater, uh, if, because he says that if you would, if you would shecht it more than it has to be shechted in order to receive its uh, tikkun, its, its, uh, to be corrected, then it, that would be considered to be cruel. So we, we, we do the minimum that we have to do in order so we shouldn't be any, any more cruel than we have to be. So there is an aspect of some, some you know, no matter how we try to uh, minimize the pain of an animal, there's obviously some aspect of, of, uh, of difficulty there. So um, the fact that uh, that the animal has a is a larger, uh, more sophisticated life form uh, that requires uh, more to 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 get its um, to, to go to a higher level. That's why it has to go through the cutting both of these simonim. Uh, the the um, the uh, Birds, 
fowl is um, has, has a, is is more delicate in a sense. It's a, it's a, it's not as strong a life force, so they can get away with just getting having one simon uh, cut. And the, and the the fish, which is even uh, uh, less uh, sophisticated form of life in the sense that it, it doesn't have to be shechted at all. Um, so then that, that's the way it gets taken. By the way, there is an idea that uh, now this could also mean that it has something to do with the way that there, that, that this uh, tikkun uh, with the neshama has to take place. In other words, there's a, it's a well-known thing that tzaddikim are reincarnated in fish. And if those fish are, are eaten for a Shabbos meal, then that's a very high taken for those neshamas uh, because, again, they don't need that much of a taken, so they don't have to be shechted at all. Um, uh, you could also say with a with a chicken, for example, that because it is a, already a, a form of, of bird, and birds are have a high, kind of a higher source because they're in the air, so they're closer to Shemaim, so they have also maybe less of a necessary taken to do, whereas the animals that are you know, uh, more uh, gases, you know, things that, that are more um, uh, thick or, you know, more earthbound, earthy, uh, require a more elaborate shkita in order to get their, their ticket. So whatever, there, there's, I mean, obviously we, we can only kind of guess at these things, we're only, you know, talking about them in a very general way, but um, there is a lot, a fair amount written about... Um, about you know how these things are related to uh, tikkun, as opposed to um, uh, just happening for them without any particular reason or you know being arbitrary or whatever. So this is so. What do we get out of this? First of all, it shows us that nothing is to be taken for granted. That all of these um, uh, things that we see in the behavior of people and, and the interaction between animals. And humans and all this kind of thing is all uh, has a purpose. There's a reason for it. There's a reason why we do these things in the way that we do them, and it's all you know because of things that have to take place on a higher level. And the other thing is that we have to realize that these things are that things, even things that look that like they may be cruel or some form of punishment or some form of uh, in, insensitivity, they actually are forms of, of uh, uh, compassion if we look at them from a higher perspective in terms of that Hashem is actually looking out to do the best to bring out the potential in every living thing. And every living thing was created for its particular purpose. And every, little, every living thing has a place where it's supposed to eventually end up uh, and, and to fulfill its purpose. And sometimes, you know, things that look on the surface to be somewhat cruel could actually be uh, the, 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 the most important thing for that, that being to reach its, uh, the highest level it can possibly reach. And in fact, when we um, think that we know what its purpose is without looking at the Torah to tell us, and then we behave, uh, we, 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 we behave towards that thing in a certain way, we could actually be withholding from that animal its, its 
purpose, its true purpose. So if a person is a vegetarian, for example, not because it disgusts him, because obviously if a person is disgusted by something, they can't eat it, but if they're holding back uh, from eating something because they think that it's cruel, and really that is what could bring the ultimate salvation and, and elevation for that thing that they're dealing with. So then they could be actually withholding something and, and, and finding themselves to be actually the ones that are cruel and not uh, not Hashem being cruel for having instituted these um, these mitzvahs. So again, it's just an example of the Torah getting us to the level of the true meaning behind things and as opposed to just looking at superficial meaning of things in a secular way and uh, just what we can see on the surface and, um, and to look at things on a, on, a, on a deeper level. If you would like to contribute to the organization that produces these podcasts and see what else we're doing, access some of our other uh, materials. You can find that at nakuda.org. That's N-E-K-U-D-A-H. That is nakuda.org. And um, you can also have the option to email us and contribute to dedicate the podcast in memory or in honor of any occasion or in memory of some loved one or whatever. Uh, and we'd be very happy to get that support. Thank you so much.